Hello. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Tony. And I'm Tally. And, and we, we are, are the Lazy Book Lovers. That is the sweetest it's ever gone. Oh. <laughs> it's because I didn't look at you. Because if I look at you, I get, I'm like, ah, I'm trying to do it at the same time. <laughs> so last week, if you didn't listen to last week's, go listen to last week's first. The yeah, beginning. What are you doing? We did 100 disclaimers on all the noise. We. Tony's just finished a cold. I'm just starting a cold. There's bonus sniffles. <laughs> There's bonus cricketing because I'm tired. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Close the window now. Last week you probably heard people being people outside. Mm-hmm. But we'll close the window now because someone decided to like do gardening. Yeah, to mow their lawn. Like, like don't they know? How dare you? We've got a very important podcast. Don't report. you know it's no mow may to oh help the God. environment? Um, disgusted <laughs> and there might be dog balks I don't know if they've gone out now oh. but there could be love from dogs dog balks so hello how are you all I hope you all are well is it sunny yet <laughs> in the UK do we have sunshine yet I can't oh, do <laughs> any more grey no more grey please <laughs> I got so much wash and dried outside. It was wonderful mm. yesterday, and then today's raining. I did that thing, like, it was making me feel like I'm aging, where I had a bit of washing that come off the line and I sniffed it, and I was oh. like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Nothing I like better than making a bed with. Fresh off the yeah. line, yeah. And when my son's been playing outside, I love giving his hair a big sniff because he smells of outside, mm. like a little outside boy, and that's lovely. Yeah, the dogs different my furry children <laughs> they bring in outside smells and i'm like oh oh yeah the cats do that mm. um especially charlie because he so charlie goes out all night his nighttime mm. adventure was hamilton's a sleepy sleepy all night um and charlie pops in every now and then for a demanding strokes from me yeah slash if he's got wet from being outside he likes to roll around on me when i'm asleep to get rid of Just a little gift yeah so yeah i'll have a little outside cat thrust his face into my face <laughs> when Sibyl I was asleep. She'll have like muddy wet paws and she'll just come stomp all over everything and leave and I'm like, okay. Thanks. Nice to see Love you. Love you too. <laughs> she's um, the new desk though. Yeah. She's afraid to do that gap. Just where, where they, my cats are like 14, 15 now. They're not that they, they can't do it. Way. Sorry? It's something new. Like Wait, it's new. something new and they're a bit more hesitant about certain gaps now yeah like when she was like on the chair yeah to get on the she's bed like that's too like, far mm, no, she could do that. it but the yeah. thing is it's like there's, there's now this moment of them going can I though mm. which is good because our cats have no self-preservation usually yeah. so I'm happy that's started so to come in now they've finally got it they're like can my joints do this day <laughs> well they no it's not even like a joint thing I think it's just like they don't trust themselves to land the jump anymore oh, like she could them. I mean she was determined enough she could do that yeah but so far she's not climbed on the new desk because I've got, but it could go lower to be fair. I've got one of those desks that's like a raising desk. I'm very yeah, excited Tony's, about it. Tony's upgraded her work from home situation. Well, it, yeah, it was like a borrowed desk chair from work, and then it was my dressing table, which we put an MDF board over <laughs> that was to make it desk size. Where has your dressing table gone now? It's gone into the garage. You're just not using it anymore. Yeah, but it's, I'm saving it for my imaginary home. Yeah. Dad just discovered that I have that running joke of I'm saving it for the imaginary home. Yeah. And Dad's like, why have I not heard this? I was like, I've been making this joke for like a year now. I've got mugs in the loft for the imaginary yeah, I'm home. I'm ready. I'm completely yeah. ready I'm to starting to hoard things. Yeah. <laughs> the millennial dream. <laughs> I've got a box of stuff in the cupboard. Mm. Like, I have been slowly hoarding stuff. And now any furniture we throw out from here, I'm like, put it in the imaginary home pile. Mm. Yeah, I had to get very little. Mm when we moved into our place. Wow, that's why we've got the garage is already storage space. Mm. And it's not completely waterproof. But we do what imaginary home. It's fully imaginary. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm um, mooching on Facebook Marketplace for like cool free stuff. Oh yeah. So you know. Living your best life is what I'm hearing. <laughs> for the imaginary home I won't be able to move into so like middle of next year. But when you do it's sick. 
Yeah, and you'll have all your plants. Yeah. And it'll just be good times. Yeah. So, this week. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, for us, it's May. For you, it's June. Ooh, spooky. Time travel. (laughs) Hells of future. Um, Anyway, in May, it is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. Also, I think it was just called Asian Heritage Month originally, but now it encompasses all of Asia. (laughs) You know. All of Asia gets one month. (laughs) We need to be better with our wordage. And for it, every year I take part in the Asian Reader Fun, where you spend the month reading Mm -hmm. as many Asian authors or Asian characters as you can that hit prompts. However, it's my firm belief that you should be reading Asian authors all year round, Mm -hmm. as with all authors. Um, So, even though it's no longer Asian Reader Fun Month, here is some wonderful Asian authors that I'm going to recommend. Some I've read, some are on my want to read list. We're just going to go through them. I will start with, so last year I put together a TBR, so I'm going to share that first. I think I've read a few of them. And then I'll do this year's TBR. And then in a couple of weeks, when you hear our reading update, I'll be able to tell you if I've read them or yeah. not. Chances are I haven't. I'm really bad at reading. But actually, I'm doing well this this time, actually. Yeah, you're quite committed to your readathons this year. I've been doing really well. In I've general. been doing like little reading vlogs on TikTok. I know, I keep seeing you. Like, you're putting me to shame. I've done absolutely nothing. <laughs> not on TikTok, not on Instagram. Um, Instagram stories is all I'm doing at the moment. It's all about Instagram stories. But the blog is the blog is still going. So yeah, that's, nice. that's where I'm struggling hardcore. Mm. I don't know why the blog is more effort, so I don't know why I find that easier. And you're like, this will be fine. Ah. Can't tell. <laughs> that makes no sense. You can find our respective websites and mm. social medias on um, our card, which is in our Instagram profile. Yeah. Is it on any of the profiles we've got on various platforms? I can't remember. It's on the Instagram... Mm, uh, so it's on LinkedIn. It. Yeah, LinkedIn. Uh, maybe Facebook. Maybe I did Facebook. Um, but anyway. But yeah. Follow us on Go Instagram. check it out. And I think on our website, isn't there some links on the About Us page? Mm. Yeah. So basically, yeah. if so you're interested in our in, uh, is independent endeavours. Book. <laughs> endeavours, yeah. That's lazybooklovers.podcast.wordpress.com. Mm-hmm. Go check um, it out. She's a lot more active on TikTok, so if that's your thing. Um, I am inconsistent on TikTok. <laughs> but if you want an active blog, mm. Tony's your gal. Yeah. I mean, I'll probably put these on my TBR and read them like in seven months' time mm. when it's completely unrelated. <laughs> but Well, I'm about to tell you what was on my TBR last May and I haven't read them all. Yeah. But that doesn't... I still want to read them. Yeah. So, we'll, right, go, shaped. we'll start with what I wanted to read last year and I'll let you know if I read it or not. <laughs> <laughs> so the first one is The Vegetarian by Han Kang I did read this I've mentioned it a few times yes I remember this yeah um, should we do a brief I went summary? into a lot of detail with it in one of our Halloween spooky read recommendations that's a two part I'll go back to October and listen to that but this is like a it's a translated piece and it's kind of horror I, well I did do it for our horror recommendations I would say it's a horror depends on what your you know what your version of horror is really mm. I mean there's a lot of things that could be considered horrific, but probably not. <laughs> <laughs> so, this follows Yong Hu. Yong, Yong, wait, hang on a minute, because I've not looked it up for a while. Yong Hae and mm-hmm. her husband. The book is actually about Yong Hae, but it's never from her point of view. It's always from the point of view of people around her. So, they are a, a marriage couple. He's an office worker with moderate ambitions. She's a dutiful wife. She has no ambitions. She just doesn't really care. One day after a nightmare, she decides to become a vegetarian, which is considered terrible for her... Well, everyone around her. Everyone mm. around her thinks it's disgusting. And then it, the book basically follows how everyone else is affected by her decision to be a vegetarian. And it's very much like... Well, I read it as it's quite a commentary on how Korean women are treated mm. and expected to present themselves, etc. And also, it's 
other people caring like caring about what she's doing with her body. Yeah. So I think it's also like a feminist statement in that respect as well. I think and it's the fact a really... we never hear her point of view. Yeah, she is just a body yeah. in it. But it's a whole bunch of people discussing her decision. Yeah, so it follows her husband for one part. Uh, the second part is her brother-in-law and the third mm. part is her sister. We might be quite apt given some of the political things going on in America, mm. this particular topic. Uh, I think this is actually a retelling of a Shakespeare play, but I can't. Oh, cool. I feel like I read that, but I can't remember which one it is. So maybe look that up. But I fully recommend this. I read this. I loved it. I recommend it. Yeah, I remember you saying it gave you sort of all sorts of eerie vibes. Mm, yeah, it was very very good. Um, I do think about it like now. I read mm. this last May, and it pops into my head even now. Sometimes. No, you mentioned it loads of times. So I think it's one of those yeah. ones that stuck with you. Yeah, I think it's one that I'm going to have to buy. And the next one is the Sword of Kai Gan by M. L. Wang. This is one that I still very much want to read, but I've not got round to it yet. I almost put it on my TBR this month, but I didn't. So it is still very much in the forefront mm-hmm. of my mind. Um, so this follows a few different characters. So we've got a mother who's struggling to repress her violent past, a son struggling to grasp his violent future, and a father blind to the danger that threatens them all. It is a fantasy. I think there's some political intrigue to it, if I remember correctly. And it says, oh yeah, and it's got war in it. So when the winds of war reach their peninsula, will the Matsudo family have the strength to defend their empire, or will they tear each other apart before the true enemies even reach their shores? Okay. If I remember, if I remember correctly, I think Ooh. it's not a standalone, but I'm not 100 percent sure, so don't take my word on that. Have a look on Goodreads. <laughs> That's cool. But yeah, very much still one I want to read. And um, the next one is a graphic novel called My Lesbian Experience with Loneliness, and it's by Kabi Nagata. So this is a non-fiction, and Kabi actually, it's it's about her her coming to terms with the fact that she's a lesbian yeah losing her virginity it's like exploration of her sexuality her mental well-being because she does suffer from a lot of mental Ooh. illnesses i think i've heard about this one on tiktok I'm it's sure very good yeah. very very good so she is she grows up in a kind of quite a a closed world mm. like she doesn't really experience anything growing up she she starts when she's a teenager she starts to realize she has she finds women's bodies fascinating but it's not a very what's the word i'm looking for it's not a very like open household yeah so it's quite is it quite conservative Mm, but not in the sense of like religious just in that stuff outside outside of the norm quote marks isn't discussed exactly yeah yeah. okay and like her parents want her to focus (coughs) on her studies she becomes one of those like burnout kids who uh <laughs> 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 the nod uh, one of those burnout kids who you know just wants to please her parents yeah at the detriment to herself and her mental health she mm. starts suffering with anxiety she has things like she pulls her hair out you know this kind oh of stuff. that's um trick of something mania i think something like that yeah, yeah. and when she enters her 20s she finally gets a job that she likes she uh, decides that she wants to lose her virginity and she wants mm. to experience it. So in Japan, where this is set, they have the... It's like a sex motel kind of thing. Yes. You book it by the hour. Yeah, I actually... Yeah, I have a friend who's told me about mm. them. And she start, uh, She decides to go there and visits this lady and she chickens out of it. It's about her coming to terms with it. Oh, I think there's actually a second book. But oh, so it's about her losing her virginity with a female partner then? Yeah. Oh, I didn't understand that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Make, well, it makes sense, but I just thought maybe it would be more of a story of, like, trying that and going, ah, no. But no. Okay, interesting. Yeah. That's and like, I've never heard a story about that. Mm. Like, never. And, like, she starts off really slow. Like, she wants to lose her virginity. That's what she wants to do. Mm. But when she gets there, she finds even the act of the other lady, like, stroking her hair mm. is so much more fulfilling or like because her parents are not very touchy feeling and then she realizes she's extremely touch starved and like this kind of stuff Mm. it's a really really good and as it's a graphic novel you know you can read it in like an hour also Um, sounds like it'd be quite relatable even if you aren't 
part of the LGBTQ oh, plus community. Yeah. Because that's I mean, I hit about three of those boxes at least. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um So yeah, I think she's done a second one now. Okay. I've not read it, but that one was very good. The next one I've spoken in detail about this and I think I may have even mentioned it on that spooky book recommendations as well and that was like a we had to split that into two yeah she had so, I just many had so many good yeah. yeah Frankenstein in Baghdad by Ahmed yes, Sadawi yes. Sadawi 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 oh my god yeah that's what you said last time Sadawi so this is a retelling of Frankenstein and it is in the midst of the US occupied Baghdad mm-hmm so they are being bombed by the US military and a man tries to... No, I don't even think... I'm trying to remember. I don't think he even tries to bring someone to life. Someone just comes back to life. Okay. And then his body parts are rotting because he's been brought back to life. Yeah. So he starts replacing them with the people who have died in the missiles. Okay. So it's really good. <laughs> it's hard to say it's good you know yeah, you like... know as in good story mm-hmm. not a good thing <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and also probably a bit of political history that we don't get to yeah, yeah a lot of that so yeah and then there's like murders start to happen in the city outside of the attacks because he realises when he takes dead body parts they drop off and rot yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so yeah. It is good. It is good. You, I think you need to be in the right headspace for it. It's a very different take on Frankenstein because... I think it'd be really interesting, though. Mm. It's got to be what better than that one. Do you remember the one that I listened to that was like an audible free book? Yeah. And that was awful. That was like some rubbish BBC radio play. I've got um, Frankenstein at home. Mm. Um, I borrowed it from the library. I've not read it yet. I can't remember who the author is, but it's about a... I think it's a transgender... Frankenstein or something okay. retelling. So I'm intrigued in that. But yeah, like stories like that, there's so many retellings of them and I like it when they set them in modern yeah. situations. Modern situations, but then also for us, like politically, probably quite interesting. Mm. Like, yeah, I mean, it's not the side you would know about really. No. Unless you went looking for it. Which is why Sadly. we have these months. Yes. <laughs> mainstream media are not giving these books the proper attention so no and yeah yeah i'm not going to go into that yeah different Um, different (laughs) round so the henna wars by adabar jigarda so this is i've read this brilliant ya (laughs) i know i did really well (laughs) it's a ya and it follows two girls in i think they're in america yeah they're in america it's a lesbian story. One is uh, of Indian heritage. I cannot remember where specifically. And the other girl is half African-American and half Brazilian. Okay. And they're, they're both at sixth form, like sixth form. Oh, it's, it's in the UK because they're sixth at sixth form. form. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're both at sixth form. And it's in Ireland. Oh, it's coming back to me now. There it's set go. in Ireland. <laughs> and and they're both at sixth form. Okay. Like, it's not in the UK, but it's not America, Ireland. And they're both in sixth form doing business studies. And part of their project is they have to come up with a business. Mm. So Nishat is, um, decides to do a henna business because it's something that's important to her and yep. her culture and her family. Her cousin, I believe, is getting married, so they've recently been having the henna done for yep. the wedding. And she decides to do that business. Flavia has recently joined the school and she thinks that the henna is beautiful. So she decides to start a henna business as well. Okay. Well, she starts drawing the intricate patterns that she sees on henna. And then her cousin decides they should do that as their business. So they basically become rival businesses in this sixth form competition. And they find love on the way. Oh, yeah! And it just makes me so, so like happy. Enemies to lovers almost as well. Yeah, kind of. Oh, that's yeah. cool. And it's like about how the different cultures of their family yeah. ex- take it, accept it, maybe not accept it. In Ireland as well. Yeah, the students, how they react. Yeah. yeah. Great. It's so fun. And it's YA and it's not that very long, so pick it up. Yeah. 
then we've got the memory police by yoko ogawa i have not read this i still fully intend to so this is based on an island it doesn't say where it is it's like a mysterious unnamed island <laughs> but it's like it i think it's meant to be off japan somewhere mm. and uh basically what happens is objects disappear so first it's hats then ribbons then birds then roses etc and this is when memory police which is like a form of government like a branch of the government they decide that they no longer should be a thing so they get wiped from everyone's memories yeah and then there's a few people who are able to recall lost objects and it's about them fighting, I believe, against a, what is effectively like a draconian dystopian government. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To bring back these things that were removed from people's memories. So, like, one day you'll know what a bird is, and the next day you'll have, like, this inkling that there used to be something in the sky, but it's no longer there. Oh, and then all the birds are gone as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So, I've not read it. I read about one chapter, and I did enjoy it, but I never picked it back up, but I intent on picking it back up <laughs> so yeah i did quite well last year <laughs> um and then i will tell you the books i have listed for this year as well so as you can see i'm trying to do a mixture of authors yeah i could easily fill it with all just japanese authors because yeah. they're the translated books i tend to pick up they're the manga i tend to read but i want to try and visit different places um like different countries that are part of the asian continent yeah i was like what's the word for a bit of land a continent <laughs> <laughs> i had to think about that one you were looking at me then like is that correct is that the right <laughs> word yes it is <laughs> so these are the ones i want to, i want to read this year you'll find out in a couple of weeks if i did <laughs> <laughs> so there's pachinko by min jin lee this has just been made into i'm gonna say a tv show i don't think it's a film i think it's a tv show so this follows a Korean family through the generations, starting in early 1900s. Um, and the daughter, Sonya, has an unplanned pregnancy, which threatens to shame the whole family. Yeah. She's deserted by her lover, and she is saved when a, a young minister offers to marry her and bring her to Japan. And then my understanding is her child has a disability, I think, it's a physical disability physical deformity i think it's her leg and so it's it's about her life growing up and i think her children okay so it's like a generational thing that is a bit diverse in terms of it's like disabled representation etc the differences from going from korea to japan that kind of thing so this has actually been on my tbr for a while it's a big book and it looks like it's a heavy book yeah because family generational stuff usually is um so i have been wanting to read this for about two years (laughs) i have not and i want to try and read it this yeah it's really (laughs) interesting especially as also you see like a culture from a different cultural lens as well like that's like a triple layer for us like a little russian doll yeah (laughs) it's just more and more and more and more and as i said i believe there's a tv show so perhaps if you like the sound of it maybe give the tv Mm. show a try and see what you think so next one i want to read this month is aisha at last by uzma jalaluddin so i was like that was right right. yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) so um i'll read i've not read this one yet i'll read you this uh synopsis so aisha shamsi has a lot going on her dreams of becoming a poet have been set aside for a teaching job so she can pay off her debts to her wealthy uncle. She lives with her boisterous Muslim family and is always being reminded by her flighty younger cousin, Hafsa. Being reminded that her flighty younger cousin, Hafsa, is close to rejecting her 100th marriage proposal. Though Aisha is lonely, she doesn't want an arranged marriage and then she meets Khalid, who is just as, or Khalid? Was just as smart and handsome as he is conservative and judgmental. She is irritatingly attracted to someone who looks down on her choices and dresses like he belongs in the 7th century. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so the reason I picked this one for this particular prompt was because I like the idea of someone who is has a very strong 
cultural expectation and she's yeah. trying to like navigate it with the modern life that she's trying to create so is it where does it say what city it's set in like or what it country it doesn't on here but I, okay. I believe it's in america okay interesting um so yeah i just like the idea of her like she should have an arranged marriage but it's kind mm. of not her vibe have you ever met anyone who's had an arranged marriage no when i was at school um one of my friends had an arranged marriage set up yeah and then it was one of her dad's friends. So okay. it was quite an age. We were 14 and he was in his 40s. Oh, interesting. Um, but then her dad died and the arranged marriage did not happen. Yeah, okay. That's interesting. Not Next on my list is another... I've, I've, I've picked some hefters this month. <laughs> I've regretted I mean, everything already. You, I swear, you can't move much, so... <laughs> <laughs> So the next one is another one that I've had on my shelf for a while. Yeah. And I've been putting it off because I know it's part of a trilogy. Right. And I know that it's heavy and about war. <laughs> Jade City by Fonda Lee. Oh, this is a cover. I'm guessing you've seen the it. Cover. Yeah, I have seen this. The next one's called Jade Legacy and I can't remember what the third one is. I think the third one's just come out. Mm. So this one's green and the second one's red and the last one's blue. Yeah, I feel like I've seen them, but I don't know why. Probably TikTok. So the tagline is, <laughs> family is duty, magic is power, honour is everything. Oh, this is probably why I've heard of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's <fantasy>. <laughs> <laughs> so it's called the Green Bone Saga. Mm-hmm. So Jade is the lifeblood of the island of Kikon. It has been mined, traded, stolen and killed for. And for centuries, honourable green bone warriors like the Cool family have used it to enhance their magical abilities and defend the island from foreign invasion. It is a political war. Yeah. I think there's a lot of um, trigger warnings involved in it, which is why I have not picked it up. Mm, but it, I've got to pick it up. It's time. Yeah. I've got to do it. So I'm going to do it this month. So is it like discussing real world things, but like couched in like magical world? <laughs> I believe so. Okay. Yeah. I like, like that. the Dragon Republic, mm. which is another one that has a very long list of trigger warnings that no one talks about. Yeah. And also some people recommend it as a romance. And it's not. I've not read it, but it's not a romance. That's like a sub, sub, subplot. Oh, okay. Like there's literal essay and like torture and everything throughout. Because it's a realistic depiction of war. An Mm. actual war that happened in history. Yeah. So I think this is not as bad as that. But yeah. yeah. I'll let you know in a couple of weeks (laughs) if I've read it. (laughs) If I don't hear from you for like a week, I'll be like, oh no, she's reading that one. Yeah. (laughs) So next one, I've started. (laughs) So proud of you. (laughs) It's only the 15th. (laughs) So this is um, Last Night at the Telegraph Club by Melinda Lowe. This is a very different vibe. Okay. So this is a LGBTQIA plus book about a lesbian couple or a female, female, lesbian presenting couple. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say what they are sexually because I don't know what their sexualities are. They're a lesbian presenting couple. Um, So it follows 17-year-old Lily Hu, who can't remember exactly when the question took root, but the answer was in full bloom the moment she and Kathleen Miller walked under the flashing neon sign of a lesbian bar called The Telegraph Club. So I've read the first couple of chapters, and so far it's been like um, a prologue, but not quite. It's it's like a history... You have a little... um, timeline and it's okay. like a historical thing so it's set in like 1954 i think okay. but like the first couple of chapters that i've read was lily when she was a child and then i think it jumps okay, ahead. Okay. um so she is i'm going to say korean and she is at mm. a korean or it's a american asian beauty pageant at the park with her parents and she can't stop looking at the girls in their bikinis and she feels oh. wrong for it and that's kind of what we've read that's all i've read so far yeah and then i think it jumps ahead to her as a teenager so it's set in america then yeah yeah <clears throat> but yeah it seems it's just like <laughs> apparently it's just a lesbian story which i love well interestingly like being a lesbian was never outlawed anywhere no never made illegal no, only homosexuality. Yes. Yeah. Do you know what? 
Um, I believe that like whichever queen it was here loved men so much she couldn't. Queen Victoria said it, it didn't exist. Yeah, she was like, She's, no, I love. going to write it into law, <laughs> yeah. and she was like, no, I, it's I, not yeah. possible. She was so straight, she couldn't even imagine it. Yeah, she was like, it's literally not possible. She's like, no, don't bother, don't even bother writing it into law. Isn't it strange <laughs> that that in history it was the norm to just be intimate with whoever? And then yeah. suddenly we all got funny about it. Well, not us. Christians. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Christianity is mm. mostly to blame. <laughs> well, all religious texts, pretty much. Mm. And we're not going to go into it. No. But... We, we try not to. We, we, have, we, have, uh-huh. we haven't had a rant this episode. They are due a rant. Mm. Um, there's so many things we could rant about. <laughs> I think because we're both feeling slightly under the weather. We're not tangenting too much. No, we're, we're being quite controlled. Yeah. Don't hate on me, please. Anyone that's of a religion that believes otherwise, because I know there's some religions that vehemently believe otherwise, all texts that you follow for your religion were written by men. And man, I don't just mean males, but they were written by males. Man is fallible yep. and writes with his own bias. Yep. That's all I'm going to say. And they were also <laughs> written for the world at the time mm-hmm. it was. So, for instance, the Bible, when it was translated, they translated the words that said, man shall not lay with boy to man shall not lay mm. with man. That was about sodomy. So they removed the paedophile aspect. I wonder why. <laughs> made it illegal well in their eyes made it wrong to be yeah, yeah, homosexual quite much. but if it's not okay to lay with an adult man why is it okay for priests to lay with boys be protected by the church institutionally <laughs> yeah. but again we're not gonna go into it we're I'm not just gonna get into it too much just see it it's because i listened to a podcast episode recently which was on the yeah the satanic verses and you, know, uh, you haven't looked into Satanism, and I'm like, you know what? I doesn't look that bad. <laughs> Satanism like, as a movement or as a religion, yeah. I'm doing quotations, has nothing to do with Satan, and actually, it's fine. Yeah, it's it, you know, it's the dodgy ones who want to kill things, and it's the ones that have been like corrupted by the Hollywood version of Satanism, yeah. which is a Hollywood man made, yeah. like a Hollywood. Made up well, it was because of the hysteria in the eighties about it. Oh, the Satan panic! Yeah, yeah. And like all these kids that came out. <laughs> you know about that preschool with all the children, like the kindergarten, where it all started. Yeah, the... I've heard something about so it. So it was yeah. a kindergarten, and I don't know how it happened, but some parent I think got in the, to their head that their child had been abused, which is obviously a very serious thing. So the preschool, where well, the kindergarten got investigated. And the investigator, it was just a terrible investigation. The investigators were like, do your teachers ever bring in goats and sacrifice them? They're talking to fucking two-year-olds. So the two-year-olds were like, yeah, yeah. And then they asked them, like, for a witness. And they were like, what, you know, do they ever take your blood and drink it? And the children were like, yeah, all the time. And then it turned into things like, yeah, there was a dragon that came in and flew away with some goats. And it became ridiculous. But... The investigators wrote it all down as a serious thing. Yeah. It went to court and everything. Yeah. I just... So... I don't... <laughs> the two-year-olds... <laughs> if you say to them, is a giraffe purple, they'll be like, yeah. yeah. Of course. <laughs> so, there is, and it's an author who I cannot remember. So she worked in special needs schools up and down America. Mm. She wrote one book that went kind of big in the kind of... You know the height of the white covers in, Am- in Asda? The white covers, the mummy, mummy help me covers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Tiger Child, she wrote that one, which is, that's a completely different story. But then she has another one that is about a girl, and it's completely different, different state, right? And she had a girl who was in her special needs class, who really was just mentally not, not very well, and she was claiming sexual abuse in this satanic thing. Mm. Completely removed from that world. She was like four. So how would she... No, she was, like, six. She's a four-year-old sister, and she was six. And she was claiming that's what it was. And, like, totally removed from this. But it was during that time that this happened, and she was claiming all these things. And the kids ended up getting removed. And it, it was all about her trying to sort fact from fiction with this kid. You, like, you know for sure she'd been abused, but didn't know how. Mm. And this whole book is that kind of story of trying to figure that out. Like, there's adults 
Because this only happened in like the 80s. Yeah, so I mean, this it's is like this very is the 80s panel. Yeah. That's why I say I know, know of it on the fringe yeah. way. Because this woman talked about it in that context. So there's there's adults in America who go to like therapy and have trauma sessions on trauma that never actually happened. Yeah. But because they were convinced it happened mm. by adults who should know better, yeah. they truly Mad. believed that they were like raped by the devil at mm. preschool. Like, yeah. Look after your children. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> anyway, we went. Well, that was a propaganda yeah. there. We should do just an episode on things that make us angry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then so the last one for a prompt this month that I want to yeah. read, and one I have actually read, <laughs> is a, a graphic novel <laughs> <laughs> by Jinji Ito, who is a fabulous horror. Yeah manga artist and writer if you are into horror you've read him already and i read uzumaki i was not expecting it to fuck me up as much as it did <laughs> i feel like someone i know has read that recently <laughs> no this cover so it's Somewhere about it might have been you <laughs> it was probably me it's about i've been sharing it a lot on instagram maybe it's you <laughs> so it's about a town in the coast of japan and it's cursed okay and it's cursed with spirals, which sounds ridiculous. Good. <laughs> Virginia Eater. Spirals, go. So it starts off with little things like people in the town noticing that snail shells have spirals. Right. And then becoming obsessed with spirals. And then some people are obsessed in a good way and want to find spirals everywhere and make spirals everywhere. Okay. And some people hate spirals. And, for instance, when they realise their fingerprints have spirals, they cut off their fingerprints. Okay. And when they realise that there's a bit in their ear that has spiral, they so end up of... in hospital. <laughs> so it's kind of like... Related to what we just discussed, relevant tangent, mass, mass hysteria. Oh, certainly, yeah. Oh, look at us. We did that on purpose. Um, and, did you enjoy uh, that? <laughs> and it's all based in this town, so then there's like, and the illustrations are beautiful and creepy, of course. Mm. It's really, when I got to the end of the book, I was like, how did we get from here to here? Yeah. Like, it made sense when I was reading it, but how the fuck did we get from here to here? So is it like almost the building of that mass hysteria taking over? Yeah, and it yeah. takes over the whole town. And it gets to the point that you you cannot leave the town. People can enter, but they mm. cannot leave again. And then they start getting, like, these big, like, whirlwinds that come into the town. Okay. Spirals. Yeah, Spirals yeah. are there that are created by if you make too much noise, things like that. Okay. And they knock down all the houses. And the only place that are safe are these, like, shanty houses that are still there that, like, people live in if they're very poor kind of vibe there's a few of them in the town Um, and then yeah some there's a lot of body gore in it so some things start happening so like some people get a spiral on their back and then it starts getting hard and then it starts coming out and it becomes like a snail shell and then yeah okay and it all yeah it all turns into like cannibalism um, murder, mayhem, some sort of ancient deity. Okay. When I finished it, I was like, the fuck? It was great. It was really, really good. I didn't expect a book about spirals to trigger my trypophobia. I only have very mild trypophobia. Yeah. That's the thing with like holes in skin, isn't it? Mm, yeah. Like the consecutive circles and stuff. Uh, and there was a few images that burned into my brain and oh gave me nightmares. <laughs> but yeah, it was really, really good. It yeah. was. I've read. I've only read one other of his, which is Tume, which was the storyline was eh, but the graphic, the illustrations were fantastic. Okay, that was pretty good. But yeah, I That's recommend good. him. Like that. Always yeah. recommend him. And there's two other books that don't fit prompts, but I just want to read this month. So one's called Light from Uncommon Stars by Rika Aoki. I'm actually reading this at the minute. I've almost finished. So that's the I think I've heard of it. You probably put it on your Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> I'm currently reading. I've 
I've got like two hours left in the audio, so I'm going to finish this today. And it is just so crazy because I don't really read books. I don't really read, delve into them too much about what they're about. Yeah. I just heard that this had gay rep and trans rep. And I was like, yes, so. Cool. So I started reading it and it follows like three people's point of view. And it's about Shizaka Satomi, who made a deal with the devil. So to avoid damnation, she has to, she's a extremely talented violinist. Right. Um, to avoid damnation, she has to uh, donate seven souls to the devil. <laughs> Donating quite <laughs> Donate. Well, yeah. okay. She has to trade okay. seven successful violinist souls for her own. And okay. she is given a decade of life for each seven. So she's been alive for however long, but she still looks in her 20s or whatever. And then it follows the Katerina, who is um, the student she's recently taken on, who is a trans runaway, who is okay. extremely skilled with a violin, but has had no formal training. And then it follows Lou, who um, owns a donut shop. But she's from outer space and her family's from <laughs> <laughs> and her family's from outer space. Yeah, okay, of course. And they are actually building a Stargate in the donut shop and the donut shop is a front. <laughs> and it's fantastic. Yeah. And because I didn't read the blurb, when they started talking about space, I was like, I'm sorry, what? What I thought this is just like a thing about like violence, the devil. <laughs> I mean, you don't get a lot of crossover between the devil and aliens. Oh, and it, yeah, I've got like two hours left and it is brilliant. It is, and it's really funny. Yeah, it? I can imagine. Oh, and yeah, so it's a, a sci-fi. A I did not know that. It's yeah, a sci-fi. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the first bit was like intrigued, but you sold me when you were like, there's a donut shop, there's a front. And actually a Stargate <laughs> for an intergalactic war. Okay. Um, Sounds good. Yeah, so that is why I don't read blurbs, because I like to be surprised by things like that. And the last one I want to read this month is called Frankly in Love. So I'm actually going to start this tonight. Mm-hmm. And it's by David Yoon, who I recognise his name. So he's a, he must be an author of something else that I've read, but I can't figure it off the top of my head. So Frankly has... Oh, Frankly in Love, and then Frankly oh, is his name. Claire. Has two names. There's Frankly, his American name, and then there's Song Min Lee, his Korean name. No one yeah. uses his Korean name, not even his parents. Frank barely speaks any Korean and he was born and raised in Southern California. And then he meets Joy. They f- Joy. <laughs> they fall in love. She's not Korean. Okay. And I think it's just a bit of a rom-com. Nice. So that's, yeah, that's it. That's our little list of... Uh... So I saw a TikTok <laughs> where it was a guy going around asking to explain their western names that they were like what's your western name yeah. and then why'd you pick it and a lot of them were just like I don't know it was just <laughs> it was the first one in their baby book yeah. like there was one that was like that there was another one of like I don't know I just like the sound of it there was another one of like I wanted to be cool in America and stuff <laughs> it was so just really funny. interesting and it was like and he was getting them to explain like how do you pick your American name and stuff like that and like people explain like why they do it and why do you pick it and stuff like I think because I've got a lot of colleagues who are in Hanoi and I think mm. a lot of them have western names but we don't use them because they're in a professional setting perhaps I don't know because they're, they're a couple of them have it in their LinkedIn profiles oh. but not in their like we don't maybe use once they've got the job they don't need to because you know there's that thing going around at the minute that the study was done and it showed that if you have a black name you are less likely to get hired well, or black sounding name. The Hanoi office is in Hanoi and is run by people who are so from that's that country. Probably why so, they never bothered with their Western. Yeah, country. and like what's well, LinkedIn is different because it's like yeah. international. So we, obviously, when they yeah. join, we get taught how to say names correctly, and then we have to explain why. my name caused a lot of confusion. Oh yeah, <laughs> especially being like Antonia and some stuff, and then Tony on some other things, mm. and then some of them have only introduced. Introduced to me as Tony, didn't know my surname, and then get emails from an Antonia, and they're like, "Who is this?" Yeah, yeah. And which is they why don't do the I connection. didn't want my email to be Antonia. I asked specifically when I started, but yeah. it's not a big deal. <laughs> um, um, when I was at secondary school, we had a uh, 
Chinese student joined us yeah. and she went by the name Tiffany. So to me, that's always like the Western name that's yeah. chosen just because that was my example when I was at school. Yeah. Um, and, and when I learned that, uh, that was like, that's a Victorian name that people don't use. <laughs> that just made me laugh even more. So I do just have a couple of books I would like to get to at some point. I thought I'd just quickly run yeah. through, mainly to add to your list. Probably your TBR. You Let's just pile on, <laughs> or to help people <laughs> who want some other examples. Uh, one I have read, and I've talked about in great detail. Know my name by Chanel Miller. You need to read it. Please. Yep. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Do you want to briefly summarise? Yeah. So for this the is about Emily Doe, who was abused, yep. attempted rape by Brock yep, Turner. Yep, yep, yep. Chanel Miller is the actual name. That yeah, that's was, the one I did want to. wonderful. You know what? Every time we talk about it, I'm like, I need to I know, add it. I know, you put it on my Amazon, so I'm just going to do that now. Wicked Fox by Kat Cho, I want to read. It's a uh, fantasy romance, and it's set in modern-day Seoul. Seoul? Seoul? I can never remember. Seoul. 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 Oh, God, no. I just um, said that with confidence, but I'm not sure. <laughs> so it follows an 18-year-old who is a... Gomeho, which is a nine-tailed fox who has to devour the energy of men in order to survive. Nice. Well, she turned into a human as well. Okay. Yep. So that sounds like it'd be quite fun. <clears throat> There's I Am Widow by Jiran J. Xiao. Um, she's got a TikTok and she's brilliant. Okay. So follow her. She's fantastic. Um, this is the first in a series and this is it's about a uh, concubine and I think she just fucks up shit in the, <laughs> in the patriarchy. Nice. I think. And there's going to be more books. And <laughs> I believe there's no... I, I believe she does not choose just one love interest. I believe it's a polyamorous Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, you notice how a lot of these definitely have also have examples of other relationships as well so like i know it's obviously for asian heritage Month, but there's a lot of crossover yes i think you're, we're starting to get more in western books but not so much not as quick as whereas i've noticed it happens more often in any books like this yeah and i think a lot of obviously not i, I say a lot of asian books but there's a broad range etc mm. but i think a lot of the kind of mainstream asian books that we get to know especially in the fantasy realm yeah. are often based on folk stories which traditionally yeah we did not have as many constraints as we or social constraints as yeah, we have yeah, now. yeah so i think they're able to just be a bit more fun mm. like just experience it there's a bone shard's daughter i don't know if you've seen about this it's the first in the series oh i think most of these are series God, you know you're just like you know you've heard all of these things you just like it's not filtered through yeah so this is by Andrea Stewart and this is about a it's like a political overthrowing the daughter of the emperor is a badass that kind of vibe we love it yeah the girl who fell beneath the sea by Axie O and this is about look at this let me see the cover because I feel like there's another one I've heard of and this was no I don't recognise the cover that's the Iron Widow no, I don't recognise it, but anyway. This one only came out in February, and this is about... I, I mean, I don't really look too much details into them, but <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I hear a thing and I'm like, that's the one yeah. I want to read, yeah. yeah. So this is about deadly storms have ravaged a homeland and floods have swept away entire villages and wars are being waged for like yeah. the remaining resources, etc. And the people believe in a sea god who was their protector, they believe that now he's cursing them. And in an attempt to appease him, each year they throw a beautiful maiden into the sea to be the yeah. sea god's bride. And then it follows the most recent girl that is going to be lovingly tributed. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's Daughter of the Moon Goddess, which came out this year, and again I want to read... Oh, these covers are all beautiful. And this is by Sue, Sue Lin Tan, and this is a... Um, a book that's inspired by the legend of the Chinese moon goddess and about a woman's quest to free her mum from the powerful immortal. Apparently, uh, the people that I've seen that have read it and know the tale say it deviates a lot, but it is loosely okay. based. And Six Crimson Cranes by Elizabeth oh, Lim. Oh, another pretty book. And I want to read this as well. 
and this uh, they're all serious they're all the beginning of serious which of course they are and this is about a (laughs) princess who has forbidden magic that runs through her veins that she normally conceals and then on the morning of her betrothal ceremony she loses control and has to go on the run nice a lot of them involve some sort of forced marriage or arranged marriage who knows Hmm. Um, and then finally a non-fiction I want to read oh that's another one I've wanted to read I am Malala Malala thank you I always mispronounce her name yeah I I want to read that she's on TikTok you said that last time yeah yeah. I need to check her out which is obviously the young girl who at 15 was attempted assassination because she was vocal about vocal because she's protesting against school uh, girls not going to school yeah or not being allowed to go to school under the Taliban. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, they shot her in the head. Yeah. I think it wasn't a serious wound. Obviously, it was a head injury, so it's always serious. But they hoped it would be serious. Yeah, they were <laughs> shooting to kill, essentially, mm. and she was 15. Um, and then she's since she's like a UN spokesperson now. Yeah, she's like, a queen. Yeah, mm. very cool lady. Yeah. So that's another one I want to read. Mm-hmm. I've not been doing as many non-fiction this year, and you know I'm all about the non-fiction yeah. normally, aren't I? You're usually holding up that entire yeah. end of... <laughs> I do have one lined up. The audiobook has just come in, so yeah. I'm, I'm hoping to start it soon. And it is... I'm going to tell you, even though it's nothing to do with this, but I'm going to tell you mm-hmm. because it just... I need to read it soon. It's called When My App Loads. Okay. That's what it's called when my upload. We just leave that. Any room for my upload? Okay. That's it. It's called the Windrush Betrayal. Oh, okay. Exposing the hostile environment, and it is by Amelia Gentleman. And I just think this is something that I should know more about. It's very relevant to history mm. for sure. Yeah, especially with um. Have you seen they've set a date to send a lot of Jamaican. Citizens, well, English citizens that are of Jamaican heritage to Jamaica. Some of whom have never lived there, some of whom have been here for like 25 years and have family here. Some of whom were promised safe settlements in exchange for things they did in the war. Much like Most the wind wind rush. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I should know more about this because I often complain about a government and I need to learn more about <laughs> what they have done. I can't wait for you to tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, not that I can do much to help, but I just need to know. I need well, to be able to educate people. Yeah, it's just, I think ignorance is the first battle, really. Ignorance is why things such as Brexit happened, things such as Conservative happened. <sighs> yeah. Um, ignorance is the reason why Boris Johnson is still in power and I am scared will still be in power because everyone likes how buffoonery he is and how he's one of us he's not one of us he's not relatable he has made a career of pretending to be a buffoon so that people vote for him and it has worked yep apparently Trump's going to run at the next election because he can I mean, just come on. Can we just move on? Can we not? I just need to move to Scotland and then them get their independence and me be Scottish. Thank mm-hmm. you. <laughs> After I've done that wind rush one, I want to do there's a a trans history book I want to read, and then there's some books about how indigenous people have been treated in Canada that I want to read as well. So they're like my next non-fiction list that I want. Nice. I am. Um, do you know what I re- recently watched? Sort of related. I'll explain how. Anne with an E. Yeah. Just, I want to watch that. It's cute. Yeah, she looks so it's cute. It's really wholesome for the most part. Mm. But there's then, so many books. I didn't realize how many there were. Yeah, I, I, I didn't like realize four, either. But there's like twenty or something. It follows her from when she's like twelve to when she like goes to college. Yeah. And it's set in like eighteen hundreds Canadian country, like farmland, mm. um, which obviously very very conservative. But it's Anne who's just like, I don't give a damn. Like, she gives me like Pippi Longstocking vibes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so she's like, at the beginning it's all about imagination and stories and like stories she makes up in her head and lots of it's that. So if you, it's quite cute. Then they're not afraid to like touch on more serious topics as she gets older. Yeah. So like one of them, um, one of the boys who's like her love interest, he goes and works on a steamship for like a year and he makes friends with a Jamaican guy who is born free but from like empire occupied jamaica basically his mother 
uh, is born free but has worked in a white household her whole life. So it's like that, and they touch on that, and he becomes like best friends with Bash, and then brings Bash back to Canada to work oh, with him on his father's yeah. farm. And it's all about that really small conservative community just trying to like navigate navigate it, and like they don't want to appear like they're they're modern enough quote marks to not want to appear like bigots. Yeah. But don't know the right words to use. It's quite interesting. But then they also, right at the end, they touch on the Canadian um, schools, mm. resi- the residential schools. Yeah, which is what because, I want to learn about. Anne makes friends with a girl in her last year, in the, in the last series. She makes friends with a girl who is um, indigenous. And Anne even encourages her to go to this school. Because this girl isn't allowed to go to Anne's school. And Anne's like, well, go to this school. And then we can go to college together. Understand. Yeah. yeah. So, because, like, she's the, the little girl speaks English, but her parents don't. So she's like, oh, mum, if I go, I can help us. You know, and then she goes, and obviously, what happens happens. And it ends with, it's the only open ended storyline, which I guess maybe they didn't, obviously didn't get renewed or something, but they at least tied everything up except that. And it's but isn't that kind of poetic because mm. if that's the only one, yeah. Anne and her Anne and her the guardian try to go and get the girl back, and like even they are threatened with guns, yeah, at the door and stuff like that. So and then the girl, her name's Quaquette in this. She get her parents end up like camping outside the school ground, and that's how that storyline ends. But I thought, given that it's mostly just wholesome, pretty ginger girl wandering around the countryside. I was like, it's quite good that they at least touched on those yeah. kind of things. I wonder if they're in the books. Like that I don't know. Because the books have really beautiful bound editions, and I want I one. <laughs> so I've seen it since watching it. I've, seen, I've really wanted something like wholesome and easy to yeah. watch, so that's why I watched this. And then it um, tricked you. <laughs> no, it, it did, no, it's, it's sad, still... but it's not too yeah. deep. Mm. Like, But I just thought it was good they even touched on it. Because it's about like... You know the people in the town thinking they've done a good thing because they 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 go out handing out leaflets to the indigenous families that live outside their town, and they're like, you know, we're gonna, you can get some education, and then we, you know, oh, you can come work and they like mean so well and all. Oh. So it's one of them is like, oh, um, you know, like there's a woman who said like I've just done my Christian duty, not realizing what was gonna happen. Yeah, she has done some Christian duty, just not the one she thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they, yeah, it's not, all about. Not that I should laugh about that. And it's all about like the the townspeople like not knowing, which is maybe giving a bit too much innocence to the people. I'm sure they weren't as ignorant as. Yeah, but then it's about like obviously Anne trying to take action and stuff like that, mm. and that that doesn't get resolved. But it's crazy, like all of that stuff, and when you look into it, like even I think to this day, there's still like forced sterilization and stuff that happens, mm-hmm. and women who go for cesareans and wake up haven't had his hysterectomies like people who say about oh America's becoming the Hammer's Tale it's like no it, it, it already, already is was. and Canada already is like Canada's well, not well those things were already done to yeah. black it, and indigenous people it already people. is the truth for so many people mm-hmm. it's just you only care about it now that it's affecting white people yeah. but it's, it's disgusting regardless and it shouldn't well, have no, happened to anyone well no it's not okay either way no. but Especially because of the amount... No, we're not going to go into this. No, it's just scary, basically. Yeah. So if you are American and listening... We're sorry. Sorry. It's <laughs> super fucking scary. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's, there's one town that's trying to introduce a bill that you have to get your husband's permission to get birth control. They're making I. They're trying to make IUDs illegal. I mean... Oh, Unless... If it's written... We all know it's not about children, not about babies. No, it's not about But if it lives. really was, they would be also saying that men have to get vasectomies. It's just or, ridiculous. Or that child support starts at conception. Yeah. If that's a whole human child and you've got medical bills for yeah, it, they should have child then support. child support starts yeah, at conception. Exactly. And they should also have like parental leave. But like, there's things like ectopic pregnancies. Becoming, you're not allowed to... So you don't have women dying. Like, I had to go and find out if mine was an yeah. ectopic pregnancy. There's nothing... There's nothing it, it's scarier. Not... Like, I, I'm sitting here as a pregnant woman, and yeah. I, all I can say is everyone should have the choice. That is not a viable pregnancy. Not, not more to the it point. It kill That's you. That's not a life, and then it will also take a life. Yeah. But have you seen that, like, some people have said them in the government... Mm. 
they've said that they need to fill up the domestic infants to fill adoption requests. Yes. You don't and force people to have children to fill adoption requests. Not just that, they're requests. really worried about infertility rates dropping. That's because it's so expensive to have a child. Yeah, this That's the part they need to it. address. Yeah, not forced birth. Um, we could run a long yeah. time about this, okay. but it just scares me because I know... UK policy approaches this from a medical standpoint rather than a religious one because we have better separation of religion and state. However, I have noticed a trend that where America goes, we're following. Yes, and that's 100%. why it frightens yeah, me. Because if it works there, I can see things coming over here. I, especially once if the Conservatives stay, and especially once the NHS is no longer. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, scary, Asian scary, Heritage scary. Month. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to go off on a rant on stuff that was not related. Well, I hope some of those books are interesting to you. Yeah, I've read some of them. Some I will good, read some of them. Very good recommendations there. That I will when I go listen to the edit of this later. <laughs> I'll be like, oh yeah, that sounded <laughs> good. <laughs> I will discuss it in a few weeks when we do our reading update. I will discuss what I've read. Exciting! Yes. Awesome. All right. Speak to you soon. Love you as a friend. Oh, also, oh, go to our wherever you listen to the podcast. Like it and review it, please. Yes, please. It means a lot to us. Give us some ratings. Subscribe. Mm. Like it. I'm just totally. Tea pals. <laughs> yes, let's be friends. Let's be friends. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Speak to you soon, bye. Thank mm-hmm. you.